Yeah, you throw a football in space, zero gravity, it'll just keep going. So I got a little something for everybody there. I got the sports people, I got kind of the science people, I'm really trying to, trying to reach everybody. But the point is, of, the, of these clips, is that you can do the same thing, throw a football in one context, and it will go for 70 yards and then fall to the ground. You can do the same thing in a different context, and it'll just keep going forever. It's still the same action, but, but depending on the context and the environment, the results are going to be different. We've been looking at the book of Acts, and we're looking today in Acts 20, 13, and we're looking at Paul's final speech that he made to pastors as he was uh, heading off to Jerusalem, where he predicted he, he would lose his life. So this is a farewell speech, and we're going to look at three different things uh, uh, in this sermon, uh, just really briefly about Paul and how he did his ministry. And I would contend that just, and this is what really got my imagination going this week, Paul lived his life by an overarching principle from Jesus Christ, which we'll see in this passage today. In his context, it ended up taking his life because people put him to death for spreading the gospel. Uh, it ended in persecution and suffering. In our context, putting that same principle into effect uh, has, has quite a different effect. We don't get persecuted in the same way Paul did, but we can still live in the same way that he did. And just because you're not persecuted for your faith, just because you're not put to death for your faith like Paul was in our context, it doesn't mean you can't throw that same football. There is no excuse for not living sold out to Jesus Christ, especially in our day and age where we have it so easy compared to when Paul was, was, uh, was living and, uh, and suffered for the gospel. So we're going to look at the overarching principle which, that guided Paul's life, and we're going to see how we can apply that same principle to our lives and our everyday existence that he did, uh, though we will have a different result because of the different context in which we live. So we're in Acts 20, 13. We went on ahead to the ship and sailed for Assos, where we were going to take Paul aboard. He had made this arrangement because he was going there on foot. When he met us at Assos, we took him aboard and went on to Mytilene. The next day we set sail there and arrived off Chios. The day after that we crossed over to Samos, and on the following day arrived at Miletus. Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus to avoid spending time in the province of Asia, for he was in a hurry to reach Jerusalem, if possible, by the day of Pentecost. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. So you remember earlier I said elder means pastor. So Paul, when he got to this, uh, to this location, after traveling quite a bit, uh, which Brad talked about a few weeks ago, he sent for all of the pastors of the local church in Ephesus in this region. And those are the people that he will be addressing. When they arrived, he said to them, you know how I lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia, I served the Lord with great humility and with tears and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but I have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, 
the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore I declare to you today, I am innocent of the blood of any of you, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work we must help the weak, remembering the words that the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most was his statement that he would never, they would never see his face again. Then they accompanied him to the ship. The principle that Paul operated under, you really get to see in this passage, and it's found in this very interesting verse, in verse 35, where Paul says, In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work we must help the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. This was undoubtedly the principle by which the Apostle Paul lived his entire life. He lived in this kind of mindset, and that is how he was able to do and endure the many things that he did and endured. And I learned something really interesting about this verse that Paul says we should remember from Jesus. Jesus never said this in any of the Gospels that we have in the Bible. This is, does not appear in apocryphal works or other books about Jesus. This is a unique saying of Christ that is only found in this verse in the book of Acts. Now you might say to yourself, it sounds like something from the Sermon on the Mount, but Jesus never said this in the Sermon on the Mount. It's a unique saying of Christ. So if you're like the red letter Christians that say, I'm just going to read the red letters, you're going to miss this one. <laughs> this is a word from Jesus that Paul heard Remember, the Gospels, as we have them in the Bible, were not necessarily completely written down at this point. A lot of it was word of mouth, and sayings of Christ and teachings of Christ were passed down. And this is one that got passed down that didn't end up making the cut in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, or Acts. Or, or John, I'm sorry. And it appears here in the, book, in the book of Acts. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So from this, uh, this place that Paul lived his entire life in ministry, I want to look at this passage just briefly and talk about how this played itself out in Paul's life and ministry uh, based on what we see today. And the first uh, way I see Paul living out this uh, principle of life, he believed that giving the truth was more blessed than receiving false comfort. Listen to what Paul says, and I'm going to read these verses together, though they're separated. You can see on the screen where they're from. Verse 20, 
You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, that I have taught you publicly from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. I am innocent of the blood of any of you, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. And then he says in verse 30, perhaps this is on his mind as he is saying this to them, even from your own number men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years... I have never stopped warning each of you, night and day, with tears. Paul lived by this principle. It is better, more blessed to give than to receive. And Paul lived by this principle, in particular, that giving the truth is more blessed than receiving false comfort. And Paul knew the thing that many, of, many preachers and, and teachers uh, don't know today, which is that it's God's truth, the Bible. And so you, you cannot change it to make your life or anyone else's life easier. I will confess to you there are things in the Bible that I have struggled through and had difficult time accepting and understanding. And some of the things that, that, we, that we learn about, you know, we, we, we hold them in tension. We're not sure how to, how to interpret them. But I do believe this when I read the Bible. This is the authority. It's from God. It's his truth, not my truth. And I cannot change it or explain it away to make my life or anyone else's life easier. And Paul didn't do that either. Paul was very emphatic. You know what? There's no blood on my hands. I haven't held back, he says. I have not held back. In all of my ministry, I have lived by this idea that giving the whole truth is more blessed than receiving false comfort. You know, it doesn't say better than receiving false comfort. You know, in my saying here, it says it's more blessed this is the blessed lifestyle when you share the whole truth of God uh, with those around you. And uh, Paul says that he's declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in Jesus Christ. He's not shied away from that. He said, this is so important. This is people's salvation that's in, that's in play here. People need to understand that sin separates them from holy God, and that God made a way for people to be forgiven of their sin through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, and that anyone who turns to God and confesses they are a sinner and believes that Jesus' death on the cross provides a substitute which takes their place, which is a place of punishment and death, and takes those consequences on himself, those people are saved. But if you do not believe that you're a sinner, if you do not believe that you've done anything to offend the holy, the holy nature of God, and you think it's just not that big of a deal, you don't take it very seriously, then you never look to God for forgiveness, and you never ask for or receive this transaction of atonement that God offers. The, the gift of salvation in Christ is a free gift to anyone. But you have to believe these foundational truths that you need to confess Yes, I'm a sinner. Yes, I deserve to be punished for my sin. The wages of sin is death. But I believe that through Jesus, my sins are covered so that I can be saved. So I don't have to face judgment for my sin, past, present, or future. Jesus covers all of it. If you never understand uh, that, 
and you never receive that truth, then how can you receive the free gift of forgiveness? People talk about, you know, salvation in terms of, you know, God gives a free gift to anybody, but they have to open it up. They have to unwrap it, unbox it, and apply it to their lives. And Paul says, I did not shrink from giving the truth uh, to people just so I could give them false sense of comfort. I declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance, meaning turning from sin, and have faith in Jesus Christ. And I really love how he says that. Uh, turn to God in repentance, turn from sin. He doesn't say, and then try harder to do better. He says that they must have faith in our Lord Jesus. So what does that mean? It means faith in the sacrifice that Jesus freely offers to anyone who turns to him. So you're not saying, from now on, I'm never going to sin, I'm good. You're saying, no, from now on, my sins are covered by Jesus, and I'm saved. And when I stand before God uh, someday, and uh, I'm going to be accepted into paradise because of what Jesus did for me on the cross. It's an awesome truth. Paul did not shrink from that truth. And now certainly... Uh, we should not shrink from that truth either with people that we love. Now, we should, I don't think we should be... Uh, you, you can certainly have the right message and the wrong method with people and, uh, and not do a very good job of, of sharing these concepts and things. But something that Contagious Christian is about, something that, like what Bonnie is doing with downtown stuff, we're just letting people know, we love you. How can we pray for you? And sharing with them you know, that there is a free gift of salvation through Jesus. We're not shying away from that. Because it's God's truth. And you can't change it just to make your life or someone else's life easier. It's just, it is what it is. It's God's truth. The second way I see Paul living out this idea that it is more blessed to give than to receive is that Paul demonstrated the giving of yourself for the sake of others is more blessed than receiving your own rights. He demonstrated this time and time again through the book of Acts. I'm going to read these scriptures together again. He says, you know how I lived, in verse 18, the whole time I was with you, from the first day I came into the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give and to receive. Paul had his whole life centered on giving. He even said this phrase, even if I'm being poured out as a drink offering, it is for you. Paul lived out the Christ life, what Jesus did for us when he denied himself, um, took up his cross, and he leveraged all of his authority as the legitimate son of God to save sinners. Like he, he chose that. Jesus chose in humility to, to become found in human form, be found in the appearance as a man and being humbled to the worst kind of execution death uh, that you can imagine. And he did all of that because Jesus was using 
his, his place as God to the advantage of other people, not for his own advantage. It says in the Bible that he could have called angels, a legion of angels, to, to save him and protect him. But he chose, he chose to leverage all of his rights and authority to save helpless people like you and me. That's what he did. And that's just what Paul did. Paul had every right to, you know, receive the comfort of life that anyone else did in his day. He had every right to even receive, many times he, he didn't even receive payment for what he did uh, in his life. He served the Lord with great humility and with tears in the midst of severe testing. Um, and he says this very uh, telling thing in verse 24, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. And I almost want to say, I consider my life worth nothing to me. Um, my life will instead be poured out for you, for the church, for, the, for these pastors, for all the people that Paul served. His life, it wasn't that Paul's life didn't mean anything. Everyone's life means something. But he did not use his position as an apostle or his position of power as just a person who had a lot of influence prior to coming to Christ and a lot of comfort. He instead took all of that and followed the way of Jesus. And he leveraged all of everything that he was to, to give value to other people, even to the point of death. It's not recorded in the book of Acts. But very shortly after this moment, he's heading into Jerusalem where he lost his, he ended up ultimately losing his life. Now he... His life meant nothing to him. His life was in God's hands, and he poured out his life for other people. He gave himself for the sake of others. And certainly, though it didn't appear so to people around him at the time, we were seeing him being imprisoned and beaten and put on trial and falsely accused, just like his Savior was. Certainly, it was more blessed than saying, I'm, I'm entitled to my rights. I'll do with my life what I, what I choose. So Paul's just an amazing example to us and follows very closely in the line of what Jesus did for us. And we're called to that still today. The third way I see Paul living out this idea of it being more blessed to give than to receive, which Jesus taught, is that giving everything over to God is more blessed than receiving control over everything for yourself. I'm going to read these scriptures together. He says in verse 28, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Really interesting thing. One of the ways that Paul manifested giving God full control was by delegating pastoral authority to other men and entrusting them to, to look after the flock. So that was one of the ways he surrendered. Secondly, and you see that in verse 32, now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And then when Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. You know, this is Paul's baby. These pastors and these churches were churches that he planted. These were pastors that he trained. They were all pretty much a result of his ministry. And you know, the tendency would be to live in a controlling fashion with these people. 
But not only did he give them, say, you keep over the watch over the flocks, he committed them to God. He didn't hold on to that. He said, this is God's ministry. I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among the, all, all those who are sanctified. And I just think to myself, how many times, you know, we hold on to things so tightly and try to control things instead of just committing those things to God. But Paul knew that giving everything over to God is more blessed than having full control. And I think that most of you who have experienced anything of surrendering different difficult life situations to God, whether it be people you love that you're concerned about, whether it be a health issue, whether it be a child, whether it be uh, trying to find a job and not being unable to do so, you know, if you've ever experienced surrendering something big to God, that it's much more blessed to give it over to God and trust him than to hold on to it and maintain that full control over those things that cause anxiety. So these are three ways that I see Paul living out this unique saying of Christ. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And Paul lived in this one context uh, where, where he was very limited in the sense that he was always on the run for his life and being persecuted for the ministry he was doing. But he lived in this sold-out kind of way. And I believe that all of us can live in the same kind of way today. It's going to have different uh, implications for us in, in the world in which we live, but we can live with the same fervor as Paul, uh, giving the truth instead of giving people false comfort. Because in the truth, we find that full comfort that the gospel brings, of forgiveness and the love of God. We can give people ourselves instead of demanding our rights. And if every person could just learn this simple lesson that is more blessed to take all of, the, all of your rights and things that you could claim for yourself and leveraging, leveraging that for the good of others, whether it be a spouse, a child, your neighbors, fellow people at church, doing things for people uh, that maybe perhaps do not benefit you in, you in any way, just believing. I, this is a more blessed lifestyle to give than to be always looking to receive and demanding my rights. If we could take on the attitude of Christ Jesus, boy, we, we would be blessed. And third, we can give everything over to God because we are crummy at controlling our lives anyway. We can't change uh, anything. We can't make a, a single hair of our head uh, turn a different color or all these different kinds of things. We, we don't have the kind of authority and power to control everything. And, uh, and Paul knew that it was more blessed to just trust God and turn things over to him and experience that, uh, that freedom from that anxiety and that burden. I love the, the scripture that says, cast all your anxieties upon God for he cares for you. So as we're closing out, I'm just gonna close this in prayer. But uh, I wanna pray for you because uh, I believe that these are things all of us can take hold of in our lives. They're simple but very profound principles. And once we take hold of them, these are not easier these are not necessarily better in the eyes of the world, but, you, but this is a more blessed way of living, uh, that it is better to live this way uh, in God's kingdom. And God blesses richly those who put these things into practice and follow the example of people like Paul, people like Jesus, who leverage all of their strength, power, and authority for others. 
Let's pray.